In this episode of Scaling Postgres, we talk about chaos order, pub sub, petabyte scale, and PG Bouncer connections. I'm Creston Jameson, and this is Scaling Postgres, episode 90. All right, I hope you're having a great week. Our first piece of content is that PostgreSQL versions have been released. So 12.1, 11.6, 10.9, and some of the 9 series have all been released, and it's predominantly bug fixes and improvements. Uh, So not really any security issues. And also they did mention in uh, this coming February, PostgreSQL version 9.4 will be end of life. When you get an opportunity, go ahead and upgrade your version. The next post is Chaos Order, Randomizing Queries to Uncover Order Dependency. And this is from simplethread.com. And basically, he's talking about the concept that unless you specify an order, there's no guarantees as to what order in which you're going to get returned data from a SQL query. So for example, this first query where you're asking for one user from the users table, there's no guarantee that you're going to get ID 1 or ID 5, you could get ID 3, you have no idea. Now, in a development environment, maybe you're going to get it to see some consistency with regard to this, but there's no guarantee what you're going to be returning. Therefore, you should always use an order by. For example, if you have an incremental ID such as this, maybe you want to order by the ID, or if there's a date and timestamp, maybe you want to order by the date or timestamp that's available. But this uh, blog post goes into a way to actually insert randomness into your tables to be able to sleuth out potential errors that could be caused by not using order by for all your queries. So this imagine a very large code base and you're wanting to say, is it resilient to these changes in order by potentially? So he has this PostgreSQL function that actually adds a random column and then you can cluster this table by this random column to change the actual order of the table because clustering actually changes the physical order of the rows uh, on disk. So if you order by this random value, you get you get to see um, when you do select all from users that the ID is now essentially randomized. Now, if you do new inserts and things of that nature, you're going to have to reorder it again. But still, this is a tool to test to make sure that your applications and really all your queries are using order buys when necessary to ensure the proper order is being returned. So if you're interested in learning more about that, definitely a blog post to check out. The next post is System Design Hack. Postgres is a great pub sub and job server. So this is from LayerCI.com and it's talking about how they've chosen to use PostgresQL as their pub sub server and even potentially a job server. And it says you have a lot of options. So they mentioned you know, Kafka, RabbitMQ, Redis PubSub, cloud solutions, but you can use PubSub with Postgres. And how they've specifically used it is that they have CI workflows, continuous integration workflows they run through, and they have a certain status. So an API creates a CI run that has a status of new, And then a worker grabs that new piece of work and changes the status to init and then follows up with the status of running. 
So they show here where they have uh, created their own type with specified states as an enum and all the different statuses that it can be, new, initializing, initialized, running, success, error. And then they have a CI jobs table. And on an API call, a new row is inserted in this table. And then a worker claims a job by doing an update, setting the status to initialized. And they're choosing the IDs and using a for update skip locked to do it. So they're skipping those rows that are already locked. And then they have a function that actually publishes to the CI job status channel once the status has been uh, inserted or updated as a part of the trigger on that table. And then they show the client code that actually consumes or monitors this channel that then picks up the job to do the work. And they have a graph here that says an API calls it does an insert into Postgres that fires the trigger that notifies the Postgres channel that they've created. And then the init worker is notified by that channel that it's listening on. And it claims the row with an update setting the status to initializing. And then can, work continues from there. And then they go into some of the other benefits. So if you're interested in using Postgres as a pub sub platform, definitely a blog post to check out. The next post is architecting petabyte scale analytics by scaling out Postgres on Azure with the Citus extension. This is from the techcommunity.microsoft.com. Now, there seems to be a more so of a marketing piece describing uh, the Citus extension, but this kind of goes into the story of the Windows update platform where they release all of their Windows patches for their operating systems and the analytics that they use to track it. And this was before Citus became a part of uh, Microsoft, and it describes how they were looking for a solution for their analytics and how they identified the Citus extension and PostgreSQL as a potential solution for the analytical problems that they are dealing with. So it definitely talks a lot about the business case and kind of how they chose uh, this solution. And of course, they eventually purchased them. So clearly it was definitely working out, but it goes into some of the architecture that they use for doing the analytics for the Windows updates along with uh, the Citus cluster. And then they're also talking about um, building it on Microsoft Azure since it's now supported on Azure now. So definitely an interesting piece of content to check out and read over. The next post is actually a YouTube video and it's called Discover What's New in Postgres and Advanced Server 12. And this is from the Enterprise DB YouTube channel. And this is a webinar that discusses some of the new features in Postgres 12, predominantly these eight listed here, partitioning improvements, B-tree improvements, multi-column most common value statistics, inline many CTE queries, prepared plan control, just-in-time compilation, check some control and re-index concurrently. And I believe most of these uh, favorite features are from Bruce Momgium. So if you want to find out more and get a discussion about it in the video format, definitely a presentation you can check out. The next post is PG Bouncer Connection Pooling. What to do when persistent connectivity is lost? Now this is from Enterprise DB. It's the second post in the PG Bouncer series where they did an install of it. So this is saying what happens when you do a query again through PG Bouncer and you bring down the connection for a minute. And basically what happens is it hangs, but eventually once the network interface is back up, it continues and does the query. But what happens if you actually restart the database, not just bring down the network? Well, then you're going to get a fatal error 
that mentions the server connection crash, server closed the connection unexpectedly. Now they say one way to get around this is you can actually change the pool mode of PG Bouncer to transactional. So it only presents this message in the cases where you're using session pooling. Now they do say that they have a server reset query that you can adjust if you're wanting to use session pooling, but most use cases I've seen of PG Bouncer are that people want to use transaction pooling. But with a transaction pooling enabled, you'll see that you won't get that uh, error message anymore. So we did a query, did a restart of the server, and then the next query, there is no error message. The next piece of content is also related to PG Bouncer, and it's webinar. Use SSL with PostgreSQL and PG Bouncer follow-up. And this is a webinar given by uh, secondquadrant.com. And it is a pretty comprehensive webinar, about an hour in duration, that talks about using SSL with PostgreSQL. About the first 20 minutes are general SSL teachings explaining the purpose of SSL and certificates and keys and things of that nature. And it's around the 20 mark that they start getting into some of the PostgreSQL configurations. And then around about the 45 minute mark, they talk about PG Bouncer specifically and configuring that to use with SSL as well. So if you're interested in that type of content, definitely a webinar to check out. And you can just register for using the link right here. The next post is waiting for PostgreSQL 13. So they're already on working on 13 and it's introduced the force option for the drop database command. So before, if you try to drop a database it, and you have a connection active, it won't let you. Personally, I kind of like that as a protection, but now they offer the option to use force to do it. So you can do a drop database, database name with force, and it will go ahead and drop the connections and then drop the database. So another feature coming with PostgreSQL version 13. And another feature is waiting for PostgreSQL 13, allow sampling of statements depending on duration. So this enables two new configuration options, log min duration sample and log statement sample rate. So the setting log min duration statement has a higher priority when compared to the log min duration sample. And what that allows you to do, as it mentions here, is that you can use these new settings to, for example, log, as he says here, log 10% of queries over 100 milliseconds, and then all queries above 500 milliseconds. So it gives you more granularity with regard to how you want to sample and track slow queries. So definitely a great feature addition for minimizing log files. And both of these two posts waiting for PostgreSQL 13 are from depesz.com. The next post is OpenStreetMap to PostGIS, the basics. This is from cybertech-postgresql.com. And this blog post describes how to import OpenStreetMap data into PostGIS for the purposes of visualization and analytics. So if you're interested in doing that, definitely a blog post to check out. And lastly, ST underscore subdivide, all the things. This is from the Paul Ramsey blog at cleverelephant.ca. And he's talking about the scale of a geospatial data and how tracking all the points of Canada is represented with a over a 68,000 point multi-polygon. And in terms of analysis, subdividing that using the st subdivide function enables speeding things up. So if you're interested in doing that, definitely a blog post to check out. That does it for this episode of Scaling Postgres. 
you can get links to all the content mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to head over to scalingpostgres.com where you can sign up to receive weekly notifications of each episode, or you can subscribe via YouTube or iTunes. Thanks.